listening to the Advanced Leadership Podcast from the South Carolina Baptist Convention. Now, here's your host, Lee Clamp. Well, welcome to another edition of the Advanced Leadership Podcast. I am honored to have with us as a guest today, Dr. Steve Hogg, pastor of First Baptist Church in Rock Hill, former president of the South Carolina Baptist Convention, current chairman of the board, the grand poobah himself, <laughs> Steve Hogg. Thanks for being on the broadcast here today. Hey, glad to be with you, Lee. Um, and all of those comments just mean I'm old and have been around a long time. <laughs> They're finally starting to listen to you. Finally. <laughs> well, listen, why don't you tell us something uh, that we don't know about Steve? Tell us something about, uh, about yeah. Steve Hogg we need to know. Well, I grew up pagan on a farm in Kentucky, and when I was a kid, I would win cussing contests. Got stuck <laughs> as a teenager, and God radically changed my life. <laughs> and now you just think about those words, but you don't say them. So I tell you what, you've just come such a long way. <laughs> uh, we we got to start somewhere. I love it. Well, I know you want to brag on your family. Tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, Monisa and I have been married 40 years, have two adult children, six grandkids. Our son lives near Columbia in Lexington, and our daughter's married to a guy in the Air Force stationed out in L.A. Oh, wow. Wow. I know you love those grandkids. and uh, uh, They're you know, better than kids. I love it. Well, listen, uh, you've been in ministry for decades, uh, been married for decades. And so the 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 focus of our conversation today um I know you've got so much to 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 give, but today we're just going to be talking about longevity and ministry. And so, mm-hmm. to try to set this up for our listeners, uh, why don't you just t- kind of give us a a, a pathway of ministry um, okay. through the years for yourself, where you come well, through? Yeah, I was saved as a teenager. Started preaching when I was seventeen, while I was in uh, one of our Baptist colleges in Kentucky. Uh, freshman year, first position on staff part-time as a bus ministry director, and then at 19, pastor of what today we would call a church plant that my home church did, and did that for six and a half years uh, while I finished college and graduated seminary in, at, at Southern in Louisville. Then God moved us to South Carolina, um, spent right at four years at a large country church, rural church in Sumter, and then just before I turned 30, uh, God brought us to Rock Hill First Baptist and have been here getting ready to celebrate 35 years and uh, wasn't a church I wanted to come to, but felt compelled to come to all those years ago. Wow. So 35 years in the same spot. Yes. And uh, and what I appreciate about uh, you, Steve, among other things, is the fact that you have been always in a season of uh, personal growth since I've known you, uh, you know, in a, in a learner state to try to figure mm-hmm. out how we can best reach people. And so what, what are some of those leadership lessons you've learned uh, in the long haul in, uh, in a ministry that's continued to expand and even multiply? Uh, that's a, I could talk for hours about that because I think it's one of the most important questions to, to, for people to think, think about and, 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 and listen to others on. Um, you have the way you even frame the question is is one of the part of the answer is that you have to keep learning. If you don't keep learning, keep 
growing, you will dry up. You'll dry up intellectually, you'll dry up spiritually, you'll dry up as a leader in effectiveness and spirituality, everything. You, you, you can't, you know, it's, it's the old idea of a stagnant pun. <laughs> Nobody, there's nothing living in it. So um, that's one is that you have to be a lifelong learner. That's cliche, but it's absolutely true. Uh, if you think you've arrived and know everything, um, uh, you're in trouble. Um, another thing I would say is you have to focus on your character development and your spiritual development. Those those go together. Your 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 walk with Jesus. When I moved here, Bill Mackey, who at that time was the evangelism and leadership director for the convention, one of my mentors, actually baptized and ordained me in Kentucky, wrote me a letter, and there was a sentence in there that I lifted out and created and turned into a poster that I kept in my study for probably 15 years. And that sentence was, keep your life humble and your heart pure. And so many guys fail because they don't keep themselves pure and they don't stay humble. And, and pride sneaks up on you. Pride can be that, well, I, I don't need to go to that conference. I don't need to read that book. I don't need to listen to that person. I don't need to hear that critic because I already, I know. That's a form of pride. And 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 that does a lot of people in. And um, so uh, a lifelong learner, keeping your, your developing your character, uh, not isolating yourself. I think it's very important to stay in community, in relationship. Um, I've, I'd say for the first many years here, I did that well. I do that well now, but there was a season in the middle where I did not do that well because, you know, I've always made myself go. So like I would go to secular leadership conferences to hear from people and sit at lunch and talk to guys who managed restaurants or who ran this company just to learn leadership stuff from them. I, went, I always participate in a lot of our denominational things, read books. And then, you know, we relocated, our church was growing. Uh, I put my head down to the grindstone, so to speak, and I became a little more isolated and did not do as much of that. I, I, I kind of closed in. I didn't realize until it was too late. Well, I probably shouldn't say too late, but until it, until it already had impacted me negatively is that was a mistake. And so when you're the busiest is when you need people the most. When, 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 when you're doing the most is when you need to make sure you're keeping connections with other, with other ministers, with other leaders. Uh, I, I learned that the, 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 the men and women in our church who are leaders, not just in the church, but in their own world, in their own business, in the community, man, those people can help you a lot. So get outside your bubble, get outside yourself. Um, and in today's culture, I think people, you know, we congregate around those who agree with us on everything who are just like us. I think that's a mistake. So get out because God will use that to keep stretching you and growing you and keep you fresh. So don't isolate yourself to me is one big, big lesson I've learned is expose yourself to other people and don't be afraid of that. It will be a blessing to you. Uh, work hard, as I said, on your character, but on your walk with Christ, my, you know, engaging scripture. Um, more meaningful for me today than it's ever been. And I think part of it is I've really, I lead two D groups in our church of men. Uh, and that interaction with those guys around God's word has been such a blessing to me uh, to stay fresh and, and to see God speaking through, through those guys. Wow. You know, just reaffirming the priesthood of all believers and, and that God can 
talk to them in scripture just as easily as me. You know, there's there's humility that comes in that. There's confidence in God's word and what the Holy Spirit can do. Um, and and there's others, but those are the ones that, that that surface right now. Another thing is then you've still got to you've got to make your family a priority. Take care of your family. Um, uh, date your wife. All, all the things people always hear, but I've always maintained that my calendar is one of my most important friends. <laughs> and uh, so I would use my calendar and put uh, family things and personal things on my calendar a year, two years out before I put church things on it. I'm, I'm a big believer in, you know, Stephen Covey years ago, you know, in, in his, um, what was that book? Uh, uh, anyway, I can't remember the name right now, but uh, he talked a lot about putting the big rocks in the jar first. Right. And, um, and I'm a big proponent of that. So I'm a Kentucky Wildcat fan. So I'll put Kentucky schedule on my calendar even before we plan the church stuff. Mm. That's just something I, that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll sometimes people get a little upset with me, but I'll, say, I'll plan around that if I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, vacations, uh, way ahead, time off, uh, family. Um, uh, I was never afraid to miss a deacon's meeting. My son was playing basketball at Rock Hill High. He was a, he was a power forward there. You know, seeing him play ball was more important than being in a deacon's meeting. And this, I think our staff have always appreciated that I made our family a priority, and the church has, has always supported that, been really good. But in the end, the person who's going to love you when you die is your, your spouse, mm. kids. And if you lose that, you lose everything. So That's right. I, I've seen staff who I've had to order staff members to take vacation. Mm. It's uh, guys who you know, have that workaholic mindset. They wouldn't take their vacations. That's a mistake. If you got, you take your vacation. I would, I would encourage guys to take uh, everybody's situation is different, but if you can at least once a year, take a two week vacation, not just a week because you will find yourself resting that second week in ways you a, a one-week vacation, right as you're getting relaxed, it's time to come back. All right. Second week, right. you will relax. That's it. Um, I'm a big believer in, uh, and, and you can cut me off when I'm rambling too much, mm-hmm. but in Sabbath, God built Sabbath, that whole routine. All You look in scripture, Sabbath is everywhere, not just the the the, the Lord's day, but the seasons, uh, Jesus retreating. So uh, I've practiced that. Um, especially in the last 15 years as I've gotten older, that's become more important to, to retreat, to get away for a week. Uh, uh, we're, we're up here in Rock Hill, close to White Oak before we sold it. And so for years, I would go to White Oak one day a, a month just to be alone. Hmm. Uh, so getting away to think, to pray, to read scripture, to just uh, uh, reflect, uh, because as a leader, if you get so caught up in the day-to-day, the day-to-day, the mundane, 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 you start drying up and you lose mm-hmm. it. Um, so retreat. Um, um, I mean, pause and see what you want to say or ask. And they're, yeah, they're, that's, uh, that's, I mean, that well, there's so much, there's so many questions that come to mind. I know with our listeners as, as well as myself, but um, you just brought out so, so much rich, rich wisdom. I think that um, this idea of, um, of, uh, of, being a lifelong learner from the very beginning of your conversations, what do you think keeps people from being a lifelong learner? Oh, that's a great question. I'm sure it varies person to person, but my initial thoughts, I think out loud. So that's, mm-hmm. that's 
And one of the keys to longevity is knowing yourself, uh -huh. self-discovery. And I find a lot of people fear self-discovery. Oh, uh, so wow. I, wow. I've always, I've had 360s done multiple times. Mm. Um, um, you can't, you can't, uh, Carlisle Driggers years ago gave me that little book. Um, um, uh, well, I'm, my, I'm 64, so my memory's not as sharp as it used to be. Mm -hmm. um, about, it's the book where you you succeed by focusing on your strengths, not your weaknesses. And so many right. spend time trying to turn their weaknesses into strengths, which I don't think you can do. But mm -hmm. Strength finders. Yes. Well, mm -hmm. no, there's a little book. Uh, yeah. The, I did the strength finders too, but there's a little mm -hmm. small book. It'll come to me, but anyway, mm -hmm. but you better know what your weaknesses are so you can manage them because okay. if you manage your weakness, they will defeat you. Mm. Hmm. succeed with your strengths, but you cannot ignore the weakness. You have to know what they are. And hmm. so uh, what's your process for protecting yourself? So uh, by nature, I'm a teacher, preacher, evangelist, leader. I'm not by nature a chaplain type pastor, mm -hmm. so just as an illustration. So that would not defeat me. Mm -hmm. Death in the church, my assistant will put on the calendar um, as a task reminder at the six month mark, 12 month mark, a reminder that that family lost a loved one. And I get those on Monday. So, you know, I may call, may send a card because I would never remember that. Think about that. So that's an example of how did I organize structure, et cetera, to manage what would, what is a, you call it a weakness or just, just not my passion. So I'm a right. big believer in that because those little weaknesses will defeat you if you don't learn how to manage them. I got you. I got, I got you. Ask, but you were asking about something about being a lifelong. What, what was your question again? Yeah, no, that's that's perfect. I was just asking what keeps people from doing that. Oh, but here's yeah, another. Yeah. Here's another. Here's another question I've I've got for you. Um, there's been defining moments in your uh, ministry. You've been in yeah. the same spot for a long time. Um, there's probably been some times where you wanted to, you know, throw in the towel, transition. Mm -hmm. Sometimes mm -hmm. it might have th seemed like a healthy transition. Sometimes it might have been just uh, something in your church that the Lord was urging you, you to, to actually do. Um, but to be as healthy and vibrant in year 35 mm -hmm. as in year one and two is, is, is pretty unique. And so what are some of those defining moments that you can remember through ministry that would be encouraging to guys as they um, yeah. move through? Yeah. Well, if you stay anywhere long, you're going to go through ups and downs. And I don't mean just in terms of what statistics are or what's happening. You're going internally, yourself, emotionally, spiritually. Um, and, 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 and so in the early years, we were growing and, and uh, you know, bought property, relocate. So there's a lot of, you know, st events there. But, but it was on the tail end of that. So a defining moment for me was on the tail end of that when I, was tired and didn't realize how tired, maybe even a little depressed and didn't know it. Uh, and I withdrew in terms of uh, convention relationships and work, conferences. I just kind of closed in. And so I walked through a valley internally for probably four or five years. No moral failure, nothing like that, but struggle with vision. And there was one point during that time when we said night after service, I was just mad. I just feel awful. One day I'd hear so bad, I, I got on the phone, I called my wife, called my son who was in high school, meet me at McAllister's. So they met me at McAllister's and, you know, we had a sandwich or whatever. I said, I'm done. I'm gone. I'm out of here. I was, I, you know, I've had a couple of those occasions. Um, but 
I learned you don't make big decisions when you're in the valley. Hmm. That hmm. when you when you if you are reactionary and you make big decisions in, from a reactionary perspective, you're probably going to make a bad decision. That's good. And and so that kind of in time woke me up, and I started taking baby steps of reaching out to people. And, and you know, one one friend of mine that. Uh, you know, as a, as a consultant and really sharp, uh, I actually got the church to invest and pay money so I could work. He could work with me for a year. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and uh, he did. And, and I had him do a 360 with me with my church leadership. And what I found was there was more help there for me than I realized. And that the, the, the leaders of our church saw things that I kind of felt they just wanted to help me. They just wanted me to step out and do it. So they would. So they had my back. I just had to let them. Yeah. Um, um, uh, and, and, and out of that came new energy and new vision. And I started, I started getting help. And uh, uh, that's when we started implementing things like our D group ministry, which is, I tell people I'm more energized now than I've been in probably 20, 25 years. I don't mm-hmm. energy, I do, <laughs> but in terms of just leadership, energy, spiritual energy. Uh, uh, and I've learned I'm, I'm, I'm rambling some, but longevity means as you get older, as you age, you have to be willing to adjust or change how you work. You can't, you, at 64, I can't do things the way I did when I was 34. I'm a different person. I have a different energy level. So I have to learn how to, how to take care of myself, how to pace myself. Well, some of the practices that work for me when I was 30 don't work at 50. Mm of the nature of, of, of human beings. Mm-hmm. That's again, where that self-awareness and getting input from others that can help you think through new ways. I'm not talking about new programs in the church, although that happens some too, uh, how you work. So, so my work schedule, all those things have changed a lot over the years mm-hmm. um, uh, for a lot of different reasons. But part of that is I'm just a different person now and I need to do things differently now. So what I do today Probably, you know, there's bigger issues, so mm-hmm. to speak, but I don't do as many things today. I got you. So I've got more focus. That's great. Well, you've already raised uh, a lot of uh, this advice on the next question I want to ask. Uh, the last question I want to ask is that we probably have some some <clears throat> young guys that are listening to the broadcast, maybe in years one, two, three of ministry, yeah. maybe even years yeah. five. Um, uh, and what advice would you give them? in order for them to make it through the long haul, you've talked a little bit about family as a priority and yeah. being a lifelong learner. Is there any advice that you'd, you'd give the, the Steve hog from 35 years ago as he got started that you'd like to give today? Yeah, I think relationships, um, 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 in, in two directions. You, you have to learn to trust people in your church. And I know we've got to be wise. We can't be naive. They're, they're, you'll get hurt. But if you're not careful, those disappointments and those hurts will corrupt you. You'll let them corrupt you. They'll make you hard. So you do have to learn how to forgive. I, a few years ago, I read a book by the Arbinger Institute, uh, Leadership and Self-Deception. Really helped me. Um, it's, a, it's, it's written as a fable. Um, but really helped me realize that you can put people in a box 
and keep them there. And, and your wounds harden and that will destroy you spiritually. So when Jesus talks about forgiving, <laughs> there's a real practical value in that. Learning that there are people in your trust in your church who will help you if you let them. So over time, developing relationships with leaders and people in your church, uh, in the community. But I would say to a young pastor out there, connect with guys like me. When I was young, I did that. I remember I was in Sumter at Bethel Baptist Church, that big old rural church out in the out in mm-hmm. where. And um, I called up old Dick Lincoln when he was at Shandon. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I did that with Wendell and and others, and they they befriended me and poured into me. And mm. uh, I remember when I was 29, 30, first got to Rock Hill, uh, for a little over a year, I was able to get Dick and Alistair Walker and a couple of other guys like that to meet as a group once a month for a year. And I just got to sit in on that. And what I learned, um, like I call it, uh, yeah, I, I, I would call guys. And what I learned was, yes, there's a few guys in bigger churches and older who are jerks. There's a few, but most of them are just like everybody else. They're good men who love Jesus and love the church, love God's servants, and they want to invest in people. And I did that a lot when I was young, that dark period, I stopped doing that. I do it now. I reach out to guys and and it's younger guys because younger guys help keep me fresh. They help, you know, so I'm able to take my experience and pour into younger guys, but they bless me because they help me think outside the box. They help me understand the culture, help me understand communication in this world because communication today is different than it was when I was 30. Uh, so that's part of what's got me fresh now is my relationship with the younger guys. Mm. It's a, it, you know, so I don't like to use the word mentoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think those relationships are always two. If you do them right, they're always two ways. That's good. That's rich. And so that that's one big piece of advice I would give young guys is is a connect with other guys, and especially with, with guys who are older than you. You will mm-hmm. be a blessing to them. They can be a blessing to you. That's so great. That's so great. Well, I just want to tell you personally, um, thank you. Thank you for, for sticking this out. Uh, you, uh, you could have thrown in the towel a long time ago when it comes to convention work, you could have, uh, you know, made different directions in, in who you surround yourself with and, and even, you know, been, uh, been on an Island by yourself because you had a great ministry there where you are. Uh, but I just want to thank you for pouring into younger guys, pouring into, um, guys that are here within our convention and then taking the extra time and the extra work that it takes to keep this uh, kingdom ministry moving forward uh, along the way. Uh, I truly believe that your best days are ahead of you with your influence and with your leadership with some of the young men in our convention. And so, um, and so I'm encouraged and excited to see that continue to, to move forward. Thank you, Lee. I appreciate it. I will say I am encouraged that I see God raising up a crop of young pastors, young leaders, young church planners, um, and, 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 uh, some sharp, sharp guys. And, and, uh, I see a fresh wind blowing there. And, and for somebody who's in the last quarter of, of, of my ministry, that is, you know, that, that just blesses my heart. So I'm so thankful for that. And anything I can do to help those guys, uh, cause this is all about his kingdom. That's great. Well, you know, Moses didn't even get started till he was 80. So <laughs> you've, uh, you've still got a little bit of years to get training before well, you I'm do that. I'm enjoying preaching and stuff now better than ever. <laughs> 
Well, thanks for tuning in today. And um, we look forward to hearing stories from your neck of the woods as well. And so until every life is saturated and transformed by the hope of the gospel, advance. Thanks for listening to the Advanced Leadership Podcast from the South Carolina Baptist Convention. This South Carolina Baptist Convention podcast is made possible through the cooperative program giving of South Carolina Baptist churches. For more information, visit scbaptist.org.